Welcome to your Bright Recovery Podcast, where we celebrate your story of recovery and resilience. I'm your host, Caroline Byler. So if you follow me on socials, which I hope you do, you will be seeing a lot more about my upcoming book, which I am thrilled to announce, Downstairs Church, Finding Hope in the Grit of Addiction and Trauma Recovery. Oh, you all, this has just been truly a, an incredible journey of writing over the past couple of years of connecting with some phenomenal folks who have supported me along the way and really helped point me not only in the right direction, but provide accountability and encouragement around my writing and direction. And along with that, I've met so many incredible women, women who are out there doing work in the recovery community, who are building incredible programs and supports, who are offering hope, who are sharing stories, and it's truly been a remarkable journey. I hope you continue on that journey with me. My release for the book, Downstairs Church, will be March of 2023. Now, that might feel like far away from now, but I've been told in the publishing world, that's like tomorrow. So, um, and the good news is, is pre-order for my book, Downstairs Church, will begin in just a couple short months. So hopefully by the end of the summer, you can get your copy. Now, if you go to my website, carolinebidler.com, you can actually sign up plug your email in and I will email you personally and let you know when pre-order begins. And not only that, if you sign up on this special list, I want this book to get in the hands of as many women as possible, specifically, in particular, women who are in or seeking recovery, women in early recovery, women who might be accessing services at a recovery home, and also women who are currently incarcerated because I believe this book will bring a message of hope to those women, to all women. And you don't just have to be a woman to pick up the book either, folks out there. So will you join me on this journey of bringing a message of hope to others? I'm also looking for early readers. So if you want to be an early reader of the book, you might just get a free digital copy. So shoot me an email, direct message me on the socials. I wanted to connect today. I, you know, I usually do interviews, but I wanted to connect today, not only to bring you a little bit more info about the book, but to share with you a little bit about my process, about why I wanted to talk about this topic about bringing hope, about the hope that is found in the grit, because it is there, especially those of us in addiction and trauma recovery know this, don't we? We've experienced it. And if we haven't experienced it personally, if we've been around for a while, we have seen this working out in other lives, this transformation through what I like to call a radical vulnerability. Now, vulnerability is sort of like a buzzword, you know, right now. You hear about it a lot, about being vulnerable, but what does this really mean? I want to share with you something I saw on Instagram a couple months ago, and I was really taken by it. I saw a picture of a smallish blonde woman named Jenny standing in her cute blazer and fun kicks near a couple crates labeled 
wait and sin. Now I just said the S word. I don't want to lose you. So stick with me here. Okay. She carried these two crates as she spoke to a stadium of around 60,000 college students at a Christian conference. And here's part of what she said. What the enemy does is build a wall of shame and what you do is hide behind it. We do little dances in front of this, but our souls, our secrets, ourselves are actually tucked behind a wall because we, dare we, tell anyone about them. And then she led those students, those 60,000 students, to confess out loud. That's right, confess. Get it all out there. The dirty, semen-stained truth. The weight, what cannot be controlled. The sin, what can. Secrets from childhood, lies, conceit, pride, abuse, addiction. When I swiped right on Jenny's post, there were pictures of students bending arm in arm in small circles. Dreadlocks, hoodies, so many perfectly manicured eyebrows, 90s fashion, oh my, and all the other outward signs of the younger generation. But inwardly, what was happening inwardly? In my mind, I imagined the shaking, the fear, then the sweet release that only honesty, radical honesty can bring. Shining light coming out of the dark just like I've witnessed in addiction recovery spaces. It was beautiful. It was real. I wondered after I saw Jenny, Jenny Allen's post, I wondered what would happen if this became common practice, not just during mega church events and conferences, but every Sunday, every day. What if during our church services and small groups and recovery meetings and around the dinner table, what if this public confession became a part? What if in our living rooms we smashed our teacups against the wall and tipped over tables in anger at the injustice of what some of us have experienced? What if we sang aloud our own secret transgressions and held each other as the guilt shattered like glass. What if we could say, hello, I'm Caroline. Hello, fill in the blank with your name and I am a mess. And what if you said back, hi, Caroline. Now there's an author that I love named Brennan Manning. Look him up, you all. He was a Marine, a Franciscan priest, an alcoholic in recovery who actually left the church to get married and then divorced. Quite the story. He has shared about his secretive struggle with alcohol, sin, lust, really the gambit of human experience over decades of writing and speaking and leading retreats. In his last work, All is Grace, he hints at more dishonesty and struggle further solidifying him as an unlikely saint stained by the world, but somehow on fire for God. His life was a ground zero for the explosive power of the scandalous message of grace that possessed his heart, then rippled outward. That's a quote from someone else, that last one there. In his writing, 
Manning describes the ragamuffin as a pilgrim in recovery, a wandering seeker not in flowing vestments and robes, but in tattered rags, spiritually and physically, who comes to the cross of life with tired yet joyful eyes. They understand the depth of healing that can be found through reckless honesty, not putting on airs or pretending to have it all together, but being real about the soul-transforming and sometimes soul-crushing life. In Western culture, vulnerability is often linked with weakness, isn't it? To be strong and silent about struggles is strength, while sharing weaknesses implies deficit. We're lacking something. We should be able to manage on our own, keep it together, hide our dark secrets and shameful pasts hidden away under a mask of strength. Just get through this. Did you know that the word vulnerable has its Latin roots? Yes, I am that person, you all, in the word vulners, meaning wound. Early on in my own recovery journey, my first mentor showed me the countercultural power a vulnerability of taking our wounds and sharing them with others. I saw how walking through things like the steps and whispering around an open table several nights a week or confession started healing the wounds in me that festered for years. Bringing my aching soul to the table started changing me. Tamara Dotton says that radical vulnerability is a concept that honors being vulnerable as a radical act of healing for the self and for the community. Well, how do we practice this radical vulnerability? One of the things I do in Downstairs Church is I really show how the radical vulnerability in the recovery community is a transformative thing. How in those spaces of honesty and realness, something incredible happens. Have you ever walked into a room with an open circle of chairs, maybe some stale coffee, and heard a resounding and lovely chorus of Me Too's? Have you had an encounter like the college students who listened to author and teacher Jenny Allen at that conference of passion? Have you experienced the kind of vulnerable space that cracks the cement of our hearts and over time, hour by hour, heals lifetimes of hurt? Have you, like Brennan Manon, let your inner ragamuffin out? A friend of mine says, if I share that something is wrong with me, then I have to own up to the fact that it is. And worse, I have to do something about it. Well, I've got some tips, you all, for being vulnerable, for being radically vulnerable. And I want you to just take a minute (laughs) because I can give you the list, right? And you all, my blogger friends know, everybody loves their list. One, two, three, we need the steps, right? I can give you my list, but you know what? You have a list. You have a list too. And I'd encourage you to think about your list, what has worked in your own life. Think about the woman, the person who has what you want. How has it worked in their own life to be open to share? What does healing look like when it's walked out? Now, these couple things, you all, three things, all right, for my blogger friends out there and everyone who loves lists, here we go. Are we ready? Number one, how can we be more vulnerable? Well, we can find one person, all we need is one, folks, that we trust and tell it all. 
Now, you don't have to tell the whole world your story, although you might want to do that. You might feel called to do that. Those of us who write sometimes feel that push into the uncomfortable. Your story belongs to you. You can start by sharing with one person and see what happens in your heart. And now you may, like me, have experienced a tremendous shame that kept you hidden in the dark and kept you quiet, kept you thinking that you were dirty and wrong and broken and too broken. But let me just shake you out of that lie for just a minute. And it is that a lie. Whatever it is that you think is so bad that no one could ever understand that you couldn't tell a single person, guess what? There's a lot of us out there who have done even worse things, horrible things. And what's more, we've had those things done to us too. You're not alone in your experience and something incredible will happen when you let someone in, someone that you trust and share. Number two, recognize your faults, weaknesses and character defects Recognize that they can serve a purpose. Even though the world may say that we should hide our weaknesses and struggles, we can trust that sharing them serves a purpose. Think back to the first time you heard someone share openly about their struggle with mental health and addiction. Did their own vulnerability help you? You can have that same impact on others. Number three, join a community of fellow ragamuffins. Now, if you've never heard that word before, I'm sorry, but it is an allusion to one of Brendan Manning's books. Google it, ragamuffin. And I love this quote here by Ryan Hampton. Hey, Ryan, what's up? Sweeping social change often begins as a ripple in quiet places. Conversations around the kitchen table, in church basements, on school campuses. There are millions of people in recovery being vulnerable and learning from each other. This vulnerability is impacting individual lives and also the collective life of the recovery community too. It's also happening in churchy and church-ish spaces, isn't it? Maybe it's just time. Maybe it's time you find your fellow ragamuffins. Brendan Manning's vulnerability shows me a simple, lovely truth. Jenny Allen's boldness reminds me how I can step into the light and out of the shadows. When I open up and share my true self with others, healing can happen. It can happen. It does happen. It will happen. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, I've got some great free resources and tools to guide your recovery journey at brightstoryshine.com.